0: I can't go long. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 8th of March 2011. I always start off the show by advising newcomers to look into the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And you'll see a whole bunch of sites listed there. You should bookmark them for future use because sometimes the main sites get sticky on downloads if there's too many folk going at the same time. And this way, you'd hopefully need a clean, quick download. Remember, all those sites listed, too, are the only official sites I have. Anything outside of there is not mine. And there are a few up there with my name on them. And remember, too, they all carry a lot of transcripts as well as audios of the, sh- of the shows I've done in English. And if you want transcripts in other languages, go into eu which is also listed on the com site. And you'll find a bunch to choose from there. On this show, we talk about, it's not a show, it's not even a program. Programs tend to program you, that's why it's called programming. It's more of an educational talk, really, where I try to show you the big picture of the system you're actually in, not the one that you've been trained to believe in from childhood and reinforced through education and then backed up by the media that keeps you in the dark forever. Uh, I try to show you how things are run to the big business plan. That's how corporations run their companies. That's how the, the multiple corporations that are really the capstone on this big building here run the world. And they have their 50- and 100-year projections and plans to implement. Just the same way as the United Nations. Look at the United Nations and look at the communist system to the Soviet system. They five, their 5, 10, 15, and 50-year plans. It's exactly the same as that, including the wars they're going to have in the future, uh, never mind the ones they've had in the past, even the recent past, these were all planned long in advance the takedown of the world to standardize the one big system, the global economy, the global society, all has to be the same, with the same central banking system, which is always bankrupt, and the IMF under the World Bank, uh, running the show for the world, and perpetual debt forever. That keeps you in line. It also ensures uh, generations and generations of politicians to come that will always be uh, on board with the big boys who pay their checks for them. I'm not talking about the taxpayers, I'm talking about their bosses. And uh, uh, that's really how it's run. Perpetual debt ensures uh, the same system continues forever. Remember two, you can keep me going by buying the books and discs I have for sale at cutting through the Personal check from the U.S. is fine. You can also use an international postal money order from the U.S. to Canada. Cash is okay. And PayPal, you can also use PayPal... Uh, donations, uh, you'll find the, the buttons in cutting uh Use the donation button, follow it with an email with your name, address and order And I'll get it out to you across the world You can use Western Union, you can use MoneyGram, you can send cash You can you also use PayPal to order or donate And remember straight donations too are really, really uh, in, in demand, believe you me This uh, new world order is not really new so much as the parts that we're seeing develop are new to us at the bottom if, if you haven't been in on the big plan you haven't read the books by the big boys for the last hundred years or more uh, it's all a shock to you you think things are just happening uh, and we're stumbling along day to day uprisings happen across the Middle East or, uh, or Egypt uh, all by themselves all by the little old selves no no help at all just happens spontaneously and in come the World Bank and the IMF and big boys to help them out And the the big uh, foundations, of course, have got a big hand in that too, along with the Brzezinski's and Kissinger's right to this very day. Interesting to see the same characters for about half a century, pretty well, involved in soft power uprisings and hard power uprisings, as they call it in their own uh, lingo, I should say. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the Matrix. I'm going to put up some links tonight I always do after the show. I put up, uh, not the show, the, the educational talk, put it that way, I have to condition myself to keep, I have to program myself. was that to keep saying that? And uh, I put links to some of the articles I'm going to read tonight, but one was about uh, some protesters who ended up in Birkenhead and they tried to arrest a judge there because of a bankruptcy Hearing. And it was a bankruptcy court. And this is from, this is from the official BBC, of course, which is a British broadcasting corporation, which is owned by the government. And probably Her Majesty the Queen, I should say. Paid for by the taxpayers, of course, because the taxpayers pay for everything over there. It says here, judge arrest attempt by protesters in Birkenhead. This was yesterday, I believe. And tourists have tried to arrest a judge after storming into a courtroom on Merseyside. The activists went into the room at Birkenhead County Court while about 300 protesters gathered outside the building. The incident is believed to be related to a bankruptcy hearing at the court. It's much more than that. A Ministry of Justice spokesman said police were called to deal with the incident and intruders had had since left the building and streets surrounding the courtroom had been closed. A leaflet handed out by the demonstrators said they were trying to seize the building in defence of her freedoms and liberties as provided by Section 61 of the Magna Carta. And so they arrested a few, of course, and so on and so on, and didn't make much of a to-do about it. However, when you read this article here from the Sovereign Independent, it says, Judge arrested and lawful building seizure from Sovereign Independent eyewitness, the guy who was there. And he goes on to, to talk about... Um, it says, a throng of about 600 supporters arrived at lawful peace rebellion at Birkenhead, UK, gathering on Monday at 6th, 7th of March, 2011, not knowing what to expect. This was the estimated number attending, uh, according to the World Globe. That's one of the newspapers, I guess. The rebels were supporters of Roger Hayes, who on behalf of all council taxpayers in the UK has withheld payment of said tax for three years or so until proof of requirement to pay is demonstrated If proof is not forthcoming, the council tax then is presumably fraudulent. The lawful peaceful uh, rebels manage to turn up in spite of family and work commitments. The incredibly awkward timing of 1 p.m. on a Monday in spite of forced austerity in spite of the police state, which we all know we live under, which includes phone tapping, email snooping, supermarket staff spies, and even children paid to spy Soviet-style on ordinary people. And that's a fact now. The state pays children to spy on... It's just astonishing how they'll put up with this. I really don't know. The supporters gathered before 1 p.m. at local pubs and mid at Hamilton Square Once beautiful setting, but now a sea of taxpayer-bought CCTV behavior modification equipment, natural cameras, and so on. The gathering consisted of rebels of all ages and races, and with an even proportion of men and women. There were varied orchestrated movements from pillar to post, culminating in the peaceful and lawful seizure of the building known as Brickenhead County Court, situated on the corner of Hinson Street and Hamilton Street in Brickenhead, in the borough of Wirral. It says this was not a protest nor was a demonstration, this was a lawful, peaceful rebellion, which is a common law right under Article sixty one of the Magna Carta of twelve fifteen. It appears that judges who do not act on their oath are not are not judges. They are masquerading as judges and guilty of the crime of treason, and so called police officers who are or have become aware of this are guilty of the crime of misprison of treason. It says, supporters of the incredibly brave Roger Hayes, who were well-versed in law and dressed in smart suits, entered the courtroom and demanded their rights to a hearing under common law, it would it would appear, thus turning the court into a common law court. It's true enough you it's either a maritime court or it's a common law court. It was difficult to follow exactly what was going on as a British constitution group. Organizers had to hold their cards very close to their chest thanks to the coalition's three-in-one communist government that now dominates the Western world, which is true enough. Although they're actually acting for the fascists at the top. You see, they're both one anyway, as George Orwell knew in an animal farm. The supporters, however, were well rewarded for trusting the B.C. group. The true magnitude of the events unfolded only as events were happening in real time. Roger Hayes was removed shouting to the crowd that the judge must be arrested immediately for treason To which the crowd broke into chanting arrest the judge arrest the judge At a later stage a convoy of police vans arrived containing the corporate bankster property in black and yellow Masquerading as police officers wittingly or unwittingly They ran into the building against the choral chant of do your job and arrest the judge Treason treason what do we want freedom when do we want it now it's a suppose there's not an awful lot more of that going on, isn't there? All over the place. You know, people always wait till it's too late, to see, and they're starving before they, they do that kind of stuff. It says, that event wasn't without its humour. The Liverpool Love Police Academy were out in full force. For those unaware of the Love Police, they're actually a cuddly, nice police force. They try to gain hugs from police officers. So they, they masquerade and they go up and hug the police officers. It makes them kind of hard to smash you in the face with their batons and taser you and he looked like a cuddly little, I don't know, bee or something. Some of the burly, muscular Liverpool love police academy were like incredible hulks in stature compared to the bankster revenue-collecting bailiffs dressed in yellow stripes like worker bees answerable to the Queen's drones against a backdrop of chanters. People don't realise that the bailiff is the most important guy there because under maritime law, you see, he is responsible for collecting all properties and all exchanges of property or, or, or stealing of property under bankruptcy courts and, uh, and everyone must answer to him he can actually override the judge on occasion so I'll put this link up too and you can go through it for yourselves as I say it's a pity people generally leave it till it's too late to do anything at all and they're starving to death once you're starving like folks uh, you, you've seen them in Africa uh, people walk into silent villages where people just hardly moving on the streets lying down and so on that's what happens with it and these bar stewards at the top here uh, would like to have you like that, and they might eventually do it. In fact, if you don't stop uh, or start uh, being very, very active now, because the big boys plan literally to take all your food rights away from you and bring in massive rationing, and most of your, your food will be exported abroad for the big boys to bounce on their futures markets, as they call it. And, um... It's quite something to to see that some people's doing something at least, and risking it. And you got to risk it to get anything gained. You get no no pain, no gain, and that's the old story. And people leave things to way way too late generally. It's amazing, as I say, how people don't even know what the courts are. They have no idea of this strange Freemasonic institution, with all its little gestures of of the magistrate. And, uh, and the judges and so on, all these little uh, symbols they give themselves and they flash to each other as the court progresses. And, uh, and, and what the doc even means and why he's wearing a wig and all this kind of nonsense. It, it, it's just astonishing that folk haven't got a clue. Now, why have you got a guy called a sheriff that comes from the word sharif? Huh? Was that a templar's thing they brought back with them? But anyway, Folk have no idea, but it's all to do with property and stealing property from those who are not in the brotherhood. And that's how it goes. Now, we are in a new feudal system. This is exactly what Carl Quigley said was planned. He said that back in the 1960s. And he had read the reports and the histories of the plan, the big plan, uh, for the Council on Foreign Relations, which is the American branch of the Royal Institute for International Affairs. That really is uh, chartered by the Queen of England. If uh, you get a charter, that means you're a very special bunch. Indeed, you report directly to uh, the bunch of multi trillionaires. And we're seeing signs of it everywhere with the lavish parties and so on that the new politicians are all, uh, you know, bestowing upon themselves. Here's an article here as you have been told to go into austerity and all the rest of it. And I read the article yesterday, be that, that idiot. Uh, um, Rompuy, uh, who is the head of the new Soviet of the EU, European Union Parliament, when he's the guy who said that, uh, that the nation state is dead, and how he prattled on the other day, too, about uh, we've got to keep this together, otherwise we'll all be fighting again, oh, nationalism is terrible, yadda yadda yadda. So what you're supposed to all starve together as these this massive bureaucracy of politicians and bureaucrats stuff themselves with the tax money off the whole of Europe. It's just incredible. UK News, £51 million is to, is to build, to be put aside, to build the Economic Union House of Horrors, it's called. And it's from the UK News. It says, Euro MPs, that's the members of Parliament, have approved a £51 million project to create a museum in Brussels to celebrate themselves. And human nature never changes, you know. Never changes. Massive cost of the House of European History, dubbed the House of Horrors by critics, was revealed last week as Britain's bunkered down for a year of soaring food and fuel bills, wage freezes, and cuts in council services. But at least their tax money is paying for hospitals to be built in China and elsewhere in the world. Isn't that nice under globalism? The age of austerity is even used as an excuse for splashing taxpayers' cash on a museum that will ignore most of Europe's past and start its timeline with Union's creation. It's interesting, too, when they, they took over um, Cambodia, uh, the, the, red, the Reds that were there, they, they created Year Zero. This, every, all history started from that point. Everything before it was scrubbed. Well, here you go, and it's just the same kind of thing here. It's to celebrate the European Union's parliament it's founding, and they're already eradicating the history, by the way. They're already saying they will teach no European history and, and national history in the schools that's to come. It says, um, it says, especially in difficult times, there's a need to be reminded of how the European integration developed and how many other crises during the years have, become, have, be, have been overcome, said an official document. The H-E-H, is like someone laughing, he, isn't it? is dedicated to focus on political, economic and social history of European and of European integrations, as they call it, integrations including its background and its achievements from a European, not a purely national perspective also emphasizing the roots of common European values I wonder what the common European values are and I'll read more of this when I come back after this break We're back and we're cutting through the matrix. I'm reading this article here about the, the new kings and queens. We've got billions of them now up here, all these bureaucrats and politicians and this new massive Sovietized systems that they've built up with amalgamated countries together, whether they liked it or not, of course, because the public didn't want them and the corporations did. And so did the IMF, mind you, because they run all the bookkeeping for it. And... It says here that the paper suggests the new museum, due to open in 2014, will draw 500,000 visitors annually. I wonder why. Maybe from China. Maybe the tourists will be coming from China. Thus, it argues, we'll substan- this will substantially increase the communication and dialogue between Parliament, its members, and citizens. Oh, what rubbish. What rubbish. The citizens have said enough, enough, enough. Anyway, it also argues the new centre will allow visitors to spend a full day in Parliament's premises without the work of the institution and its members being affected. It's true. You can't affect them because, you see, whatever the Parliament's there. that The politicians have no right to make a law or change a law. It's all done in secret, away above them. Apart from that, you have to put a firecracker off in the place to get them to wake up and just sit and snore all day. It says UKIP MEP Member of European Parliament, Marta Andreasen, said before the House of European History even starts operating, European taxpayers will have to foot a bill of 51 million pounds just for its refurbishment. So that's not too bad, is it? And uh, the people will take it, they'll take it, and they'll take it, and they'll take it. And they're all taking their austerity and their, and their fuel hikes and all the rest of it. And... There's folks starving to death in some countries, and like like Britain. Is, actually, not starving. They're freezing to death because they can't get the heating. They can't afford the fuel. But that's okay. That's depopulation of the elderly. And that way, of course, the government can grab the pensions, rather than the old folk living and actually using their pension money. That's all factored into it, too, for those who don't really know or, or are so naive and never think of it. Warning of food price riots in the UK. This is from Yahoo News. And Sky News, it says here, speaking uh, uh, on Jeff Randall Live, senior global economist Karen Ward cautioned that the UK could experience the kind of food riot seen in other countries. Even in the developed world, I think we have very, very low wage growth. You're no kidding. So people aren't getting more in their pay packet to compensate them for food and energy. And I think we could see social unrest, certainly in parts of the developed world. And the UK as well. Well, the IMF already said that. Remember last year, they're already ready for that, and so is the CFR. They've got that in their own websites too. They work on these. So they actually worked on all this exportation of your domestic food. She went on to highlight the link between high food prices and the escalating cost of crude oil. And it's not, this is causing it at all. Uh, It was happening before they they stuck up the the price of crude oil because, as I say, food is now to be exported to the highest bidder and to hell with the domestic market or the domestic need. That's what it is too. See, you've either got a nation and some protectionism, which is essential to keep your own people alive, or you do not. And if you do not, then believe you me, it goes out to that big casino there, that stock market, and it goes into the futures uh, 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 game, And they're actually betting on crop failure and all the rest of it across the world. You know the guys, I mean, the same guys that sunk you and sunk all the banks before with all their incredible schemes that they get into on the stock market. It says more and more we're seeing that some of the foodstuffs are actually substitutes for energy itself. And that's, of course, what George Soros and these boys are saying, that uh, everything is really energy, and therefore they want to tax it all and price it out of your reach. Believe you me, they're doing it particularly biofuels, so I think the energy markets are a significant contributor to these food price gains. The comments come as the United Nations warned the cost of food now is at the highest level for 21 years and set to rise further. Food costs have gone up for eight months in a row with the National Farmers Union forecasting the trend will continue for the rest of 2011. The cost of basic foodstuff has been caused by increasing demand. It's not that. They're, they're, it's the big casino, as I say, and extreme weather-destroying crops, and it's been partly to blame for the unrest sweeping the Arabic world. And nonsense again, believe you me. If you can't take care of your own, you shouldn't be taking care of others. Hmm? Isn't that an old saying? Hmm? Same with charity. Charity begins at home. If you can't feed your own, you don't get robbed by your governments to feed people elsewhere. And then you all go down. Hmm? Rising prices uh, contribute to rights across North Africa and the Middle East in the past several months. They have toppled leaders. No, that wasn't why they were toppled at all. That's nonsense. So I won't read the rest of the story. There's always a spin on what they tell you, you see. And uh, this is the agenda, folks. All your disposable income eventually is to go to pay energy taxes, all kinds of taxes uh, and, and fees and all the rest of it. And basic essentials, and then you have nothing left to buy all the little toys and stuff that you used to uh, spoil yourself with and reward yourself with for working. Uh, that's to go in this new wonderful global society. And of course, they can build their big museums with your tax money. They've got lots more plans like that uh, on, on the drawing board for you to pay. You see, for the future, lots and lots and lots of things for you to pay in down the future. And uh, you'll be kept in austerity, all right, unless you do something about it. I've said for years, uh, I can remember back in the, the 80s, the late 80s, I started to see uh, when you took your, when you live in the country, you take your, your garbage or rubbish, as we call it over the, in different countries, uh, you, you take it over to the garbage dump yourself, even though you're already paying for it uh, through your taxes. And then and then they started the rackets too, paying per bag and all the rest. You've all seen it. You've all been through the same nonsense of greed. But um, I started to see library books by the thousands going in there. And I will touch on that and what's happening when I come back after this break. Listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. This is Cutting Through the Matrix, talking about the books that are going down the memory hole, because that's what Orwell called information. Anything the government didn't want simply went down this fiery hole. And was turned to ashes, and they were starting this across the the, the Western world. You see, back in the late 80s, I noticed it, and uh, and in Canada too, they were doing it. Uh, Masses, thousands of books would end up on the top of garbage dumps, and um, from right from the libraries. And it says in this article here, from this is from Australia. Same things happening everywhere, you see, because we're all one country, one world now, you see, we're global with one system running the whole show. Books get to shove as university students prefer to do research online, it says. So there's your spin given to you immediately off the bat, you see. is your premise. The University of New South Wales is throwing away thousands of books and scholarly journals as part of a policy that critics say is turning its library into a Starbucks. Academics say complete journal collections, valuable books and newspapers dating to the 19th century are being thrown out to clear space for cafe-style lounges. The Herald has obtained an internal document listing thousands of titles due to be pulled from shelves. The 138-page weeding list—it calls weeding list, not reading reading weeding list—includes encyclopedias, dictionaries, books in foreign languages, and texts on psychology, politics, and morality. Well, they don't need the morality part anymore. I'd throw the politics out too. The policy, which until recently required librarians to remove 50,000 volumes each year, does not allow the last Australian copy of any book to be discarded, but it's opened an ideological row about the function of modern libraries as more research material becomes accessible online. Great online too, because I've looked at some books and compared them with the hardbacks and even the soft covers, and uh, this whole chunks missing from them, whole chunks missing on e-books. Because, you see, censorship is on the go, you know, and they, they must alter and eradicate history. John Dewey said that when he came over from the Frankfurt School. And he said that uh, eventually we'll train the children and gradually um, alter their history so that there's nothing left in history that would cause any conflict down the road. it would simply eradicate it, just like the European Union is doing. And, uh, and here's, this is all part of it. And you know darn well how many times your your computer crashes and so on. Or government can simply eradicate stuff from online service if they want to. Already thousands of books have been dumped in skips in the library basement and staff in various disciplines say they've not been given the opportunity to salvage them. It's a scandal, it says. It's outrageous on a whole number of different levels, said Peter Slezak an associate professor in the School of History and Philosophy. Anyone that has anything to do with books is distressed at this. They're extremely good books, and you need these things, because one day they'll turn off the juice, you know, under austerity and rolling blackouts. But they've already warned us for Britain and elsewhere. Can't get them too. It says the clean-out has so upset some that library staff have rescued books destined for the bin, and one former library assistant said he'd taken more than 200 books, If the book's not borrowed in the last couple of years, they throw it out, he said. Most libraries see their function as an archive, but these guys see it almost like a video store. And after you've had the book five years, why keep it? So it makes makes space for the students to sit around, have lunch, and plug in their laptops. Bizarrely, they've turned the library into kind of Starbucks, Professor Slezak said. So... It's, it's quite something. It's happening all across, of course, but they must eradicate the history. And I've gone into some of the histories of the big um, supplier of, of school books and university books, and you'll find these guys are, are not what they appear to be, because even Carl Quigley talked about it, uh, that they set up their own institutions under the Royal Institute of International Affairs, and Council of for the States, they set up the, the, the book companies that would supply the reading material, give you your reality, and update the new generations into a new type of reality while they've always been doing it. And they have incredible staff to do this too. They even have their own reporters, these uh, so-called book creators and sellers, their own reporters, whole staffs of them. that do nothing but put out propaganda to newspapers, and, uh, and and tell how wonderful that they are giving you the latest details, the latest information, and the latest facts. It's quite something. Winston Churchill even brought that up. Because you see, everything is a con out there. Has to be, mind you. Because Bertrand Russell said the same thing. He says, there'll be one, one education for the elite and one for the rest. And you'll be taught all you need to know at the bottom level, which will keep you in the dark, of course. You'll never figure it out where those who are elites are taught the true reality at a very early age. Very early age. This is all herd management, you understand. And that's what they call it too, herd management. Even the medical associations call us herds now. We got that in Canada that first came out from the the medical authorities, the crisis medical authorities who were based in Toronto at the time, when they said that it was to do with uh, herd management and looking for inoculations to, to for the SARS and all that kind of SARS that didn't exist. You know. Now, I've talked about charities too and foundations. I'm going to put a link up tonight to a site which says, This is your favorite charity, infiltrated." It says, before you write a check, sign a petition, or declare your unwavering support for foundations or non-profit organizations, you may wish to investigate their agendas by using the step-by-step guide. Many large foundations and non-profit organizations have destructive agendas in opposition to public interest, or they receive funding from dubious sources and may be unduly influenced. Uh, Lawyer and former tax expert Michael Shaw, now president of Freedom Advocates, uh, says... Foundations, non-governmental organizations and non-profits are generally exempt from income taxes. They've been arranging uh, from the beginning to promote globalism and today this is accomplished through the implementation of Agenda 21, which is also called uh, the Millennium Project. The creation of the Federal Reserve, coupled with the adoption of the income tax in 1913, provided the world elite opportunity to avoid taxes through the formation of foundations and other taxed exempts. By the way, the big boys wanted uh, this particular thing pushed through uh, government in the U.S. because it could already controlled the government in the U.S. and um, uh, the Rockefellers and so on. Uh, Because you go back far enough, you'll find even Adam Weishaupt talking about using philanthropists to shape and guide the direction of the world. And this is what these foundations do. They pretend they're philanthropists, you know, beneficent benefactors. And the United Nations now admit, under this new world order, they're bringing in these philanthropists to help guide social problems and social areas. Same thing with communitarianism in Britain. Uh, that's all part of it, too. They've got a big say in how your little community is to be run, these non-elected bodies. So it's really a, a parallel government, as Carl Quigley talked about, and that's how it is. It's a parallel government. there are now 1.6 million so-called non-profit 501c3 organizations in the U.S. Non-profits are misnamed and are anything but not-for-profit. A more accurate description is that they are tax-exempt organizations, This article will explore two major types of tax-exempt organizations, starting with the foundations. These are the grantors, and they are required to donate 5% only, 5% of their assets each year to charitable organizations. And it's always along, along a political agenda which they're pushing, you see. They enjoy enormous tax breaks from the federal government and pay no income tax, no corporate tax, and no capital gains tax. States and local governments may also exempt them from property and sales taxation. Some powerful foundations are extremely influential in setting political policies and making laws that benefit their enterprises and pass the cost on to taxpayers. And ain't that a fact if you look at the Rockefellers, for example. <laughs> Non-profit organizations or the other ones, or NPOs, also enjoy the same tax exemptions as foundations, so no-income, corporate or capital gains taxes. NPOs are structured like a business and seek grants from foundations, government subsidies, and corporate and private donations. They do pursue profits. For instance, Planned Parenthood is, a peer, is an NPO with deep, deep roots in eugenics, and they seek to have employees promote abortions to boost profits, I according to former employee Whistleblower. The link's on the site here. Planned Parenthood showed a $112 million profit in 2006, It's a profit. $112 million, eh? And received over $300 million in tax-funded support. See, amazing, isn't it? Whether someone is pro-life or pro-choice, most would agree that pursuing abortion for profit and population control is very negative. Because tax-exempt 501c3 organizations get a free ride on taxes but enjoy publicly-funded benefits they should be required to make their full financial documents available to the public. Furthermore, tax-exempt organizations may also receive tax-funded government subsidies, so it is simply wrong that there is little or no transparency. This is important because many organizations that receive tax-exempt status influence political policy that works against the public. And they show you some links on this article too, uh, where you can check out uh, the, the incomes That a lot of these characters get the incredible incomes that they get. I'm just looking for one too, where it'll show you their wages as well. They have their own, they have their own massive bureaucracies and uh, pension funds and all the rest of it. And they pay nothing in taxes. eh? But they've got more than a a passing say in how the world is to be directed and your life as well. And you don't elect them, remember that this is the parallel government. And I've gone into that in quite good detail in the past. One article, 2 I'm putting up tonight is to do with Libya and how the U.S. is talking about bombing it and so on. And it's from the AFP. It says, uh, enforcing a no-fly zone over Libya would first require bombing the North African nation's air defense system. Uh, top U.S. Commander General James Mattis warned Tuesday. A no-fly zone would require removing the air defence capability first. Mati, uh, it's maybe Mattis or Mati, I'm not sure, the head of central command told the Senate hearing, it would be a military operation, the general said. The US and its allies are weighing possible military action, including a no-fly zone to stop Libya's Muammar Gaddafi from using his forces to crush mounting opposition. Although Gaddafi's military is badly upgunned by US and NATO aircraft, the regime has dozens of certain oh well, I won't even read the rest of this rubbish because it's a propaganda handout, you see. And they did the same thing with Iraq, you know, oh it's got dozens of surface to air missiles that could shoot down Allied war oh, da, 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 da you know. You get they get you into the tailspin before you even know. And that's why it's written this way. So really what it is is the big boys want to simply grab, just like they did in Iraq uh, a whole country and uh, it's oil wells and then they'll have their raffle at the end and divvy it up amongst them as they did with Iraq they got them free, they got it gratis handed to them, the taxpayers of the world paid for these wars and then they handed the oil fields over after they refurbished them and fixed them and gave them brand, brand new spanking ones courtesy of the taxpayers again uh, they, they handed them over to the big oil companies you know, the ones that you're so familiar with that's the real world folks and killing people is nothing to them, nothing at all. They're just in the way, that's all. Another link I'm putting up to is to do with Blackwater. And I've talked about Blackwater quite a few times before. They've changed their name, of course. And uh, this article here talks about all the other divisions they have. It's astonishing. Over the past several years, entities closely linked to the private security firm Blackwater have provided intelligence, training and security services to US and foreign governments, as well as several multinational corporations, including Monsanto. They they actually guard them and they actually have deals with them to go in and harass people who are standing up against Monsanto. No kidding. Like thugs. But they're allowed to do it, you see. See, you have authorized thugs in the world and then you have non-authorized ones. Chevron, Walt Disney Company, Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines and banking giants – Deutsche Bank and Barclays, according to documents obtained by the nation. Blackwater's work for corporations and government agencies was contracted using two companies owned by Blackwater's owner and founder, Eric Prince. Total Intelligence Solutions and the Terrorism Research Centre. Prince is listed as the chairman of both companies in internal company documents, which show how the web of companies functions as a highly coordinated operation. Officials from Total Intelligence, TRC, and Blackwater, which now calls itself XE Services, did not respond to numerous requests for comment on the article. And um, it says here, too, uh, one of the most incendiary details of the documents is that Blackwater, through Total Intelligence, sought to become the in- intel arm of Monsanto, offering to provide operatives to infiltrate activist groups organizing against the multinational biotech firm. Governmental recipients of intelligence services and counter-terrorism training from Prince's companies include the Kingdom of Jordan, the Canadian military, no kidding, a private organization is training the Canadian military and special forces, and the Netherlands police, as well as several U.S. military bases, including Fort Bragg, home of the Elite Joint Special Operations Command at Fort Hojuka. Uh, where military interrogators are trained according to the documents. In addition, Blackwater worked through the companies for the Defense Intelligence Agency, the Defense Threat Reduction Agency, and the U.S. European Command. Do you understand, this is a a private company or organization with all of these specialized areas, uh, right down to the domestic spying, by the way, and they're not responsible to you, the supposed uh, citizen, at all. Uh, you just pay the money and the taxes that that the government's funneled down to them to do the dirty work. So who do you complain to? The government will say, well, they're not ours, you know, they're private, you see. It's a different thing altogether. That's how the government loves this stuff. You understand, the big revolution didn't happen from the public. The big revolution came from the big corporations at the top. This is their revolution. Revolutions in the past used to be middle-class led. And the middle classes, of course, were always stymied. They couldn't get higher up in the totem pole. They couldn't get advancement, and they'd have revolutions. But when they saw uh, the systems coming out in the, the early 20th century to do with unions, etc., and rights for the people, uh, they determined right there and then uh, that they would have their own corporates. Uh, they'd pull together their corporations under big organizations, and they'd work together to rule and bring in this new world order. You understand? Which they would command, and they've had a hundred years to work on it, non-stop. Easy when you have all the bucks, so, and think tanks that you can afford to buy, purchase, and generations of guys you hire, train, work, retire, and then the, and come the new ones. You get the job done. It says here on September the 3rd, the New York Times reported that Blackwater had created a web of more than 30 shell companies or subsidiaries in part to obtain millions of dollars in American government contracts, after the security company came under intense criticism for reckless conduct in Iraq. I don't know how you can get more reckless because the forces over there are allowed to slaughter anybody they want to. The documents obtained by the nation reveal previously unreported details of several such companies and open a rare window into the sensitive intelligence and security operations Blackwater performs for a range of powerful corporations and government agencies. The new evidence also sheds lights on the key roles of several former top CIA officials who went to work for Blackwater. The coordinator of Black, that means that all the secrets they bring with them too goes along with them. The coordinator of Blackwater's covert CIA business, former CIA paramilitary uh, officer Enrique, Rick Prado, set up a global network of foreign operatives offering their deniability as a big plus for potential Blackwater customers according to company documents. The CIA has long used proxy forces to cart extra-legal actions or to shield U.S. government involvement in unsavory operations from scrutiny. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks, we're back and we're cutting through the matrix. Reading an article here about Blackwater, uh, which has sort of fingers in so many pies and sort of front organisations involved with even civil disobedience and disruption of people who protest uh, GM food, for instance, modified uh, food, stuff like that. But it says here, Uh, While the network was originally established for use in CIA operations, documents show that Prado viewed it as potentially viable to other government agencies. In an email in October 2007 with the subject line, Possible Opportunity in DEA, it says, Read and Delete, Prado wrote a total intelligence executive with a pitch for the Drug Enforcement Administration. That executive was an 18-year DEA veteran with extensive government connections who had recently joined the firm. Prado explained that Blackwater developed a rapidly growing worldwide network of folks that can do everything from surveillance to ground truth to disruption operations, he added. Uh, these are all foreign nationals, except for a few cases where U.S. persons are the conduit but no longer play on the street. So they can actually use foreign nationals, too, and give you a complete uh, false story on, the, on your news when it comes on the news as to who's causing what seems to be disruption. He says, so deniability is built in and should be a big plus. That was his sales pitch. The executive wrote back and suggested there may be an interest in those services. The executive suggested that one of the best places to start may be the Special Operations Division, which is located in Chantilly, Virginia, telling Prado the name of the special agent in charge. The SOD is a secretive joint command with the Justice Department run by the DEA. It serves as a command and control center for some of the most sensitive counter-narcotics and law enforcement operations conducted by federal forces. The executive also told Prado that US attaches in Mexico, Bogota, Colombia and Bangkok, Thailand would potentially be interested in Prado's network. Where this network was activated and for what customers cannot be confirmed. A former Blackwater employer, employee who worked on the company's CIA program declined to comment on Prado's work for the company, citing its classified status. So here you have this, again, this you know, public-private type deal on the go here where governments are hiring and using mercenaries uh, right down to even the street level to disrupt uh, various protesters in different countries. We've seen that going on at G20 meetings, stuff like that. And they fly them in, foreign nationals. So uh, some other country gets the blame, of course, stuff like that. But you can't believe anything that you see across the news media today on television because so much of it is staged by characters like this, by by the big corporations that can get the dirty work done for governments and therefore keeps the, the government's hands clean. And this article goes on to say, In November 2007, officials from Prince's companies developed a pricing structure for security and intelligence services for private companies and wealthy individuals. They had the capacity to develop infrastructures and conduct ground truth and security activities. And, as I say, they've already, they already worked for Monsanto and a whole bunch of other organizations. And they do smear campaigns as well. They have just, like intelligence services, they do smear campaigns on people who are trying to get the truth out on what the, the, the new bio food is all about, the modified food, what it's doing to humans. They'll smash those groups up, smear them, smear campaigns, and so on. And threaten folk directly, too, of course. And get away with it, you see. Because you're under the new feudal system, folks. And that's how feudalism is run. From Hamish Mussel from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God or your gods go with you.